Welcome to My on Mondays, an explorative approach to the possessive my through narratives, art, and sound. Each Monday brings a new creation and unique perspective. My on Mondays is brought to you by Ming Studios, a contemporary art space and international artist residency program dedicated to the exhibition, experience, and exploration of arts and culture. Along with exhibiting artists from around the world, Ming also serves the community by hosting innovative programs including performances, workshops, screenings, readings, artist talks, and other cultural activities. For more information or if you'd like to participate in My on Mondays, you can visit our website at mingstudios.org. Hello and welcome to the 53rd episode of My on Mondays. Today I'm speaking with artist José Reza, otherwise known as Prime, who is credited with being a founder of Los Angeles stylized graffiti lettering. He gained international exposure when his work was featured in the book Spray Can Art, one of the earliest documentations of graffiti culture. He designed the cover for the Getty Research Institute's L.A. Liber Amicorum, the L.A. Book of Friendship, otherwise known as the Getty Graffiti Black Book, which is housed in the Getty's Rare Manuscript Collection. Today, he's also well known for both his public installations as well as his contemporary canvas work. Your parents emigrated from Tamaulipas in Mexico yes. and and you grew up in the Pico Union neighborhood which is another California is another area that I'm just totally unfamiliar with I've only been there I think twice mm-hmm. and um so I looked up the Pico Union area and I read it's known for being a high crime area but it also it has a a large um Latino community or Latinx community and mm-hmm. It's very densely populated. And so on the bad end of things, I guess there's crime, but I am also imagine you have a strong community with a lot of vibrancy. So I'm kind of curious what your earliest memories are. You know, as a child, I mean, it was pretty much um, fun. I mean, I don't know if uh, some of these things may seem like uh, a normal childhood, but I, I mean, um, I don't know. Like um, we mostly would um, frequently enter homes <laughs> that that were um, either like abandoned or that um, have been uh, condemned or something like that. Mm-hmm. You could say, um, and you know, just sort of uh, explore. And you know, I guess turn it into like a a, a clubhouse for for, mm-hmm. for us, you know, just uh, you know, uh, doing some graffiti, and some of them sometimes were either burned, burned down, you know, partially, and and um, we'd um, throw ditching parties. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, it was fun. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's for us. But at the same time, you know, I I would be looking at the, the architecture and in these. And these homes, you know, I mean, some of them were like sort of like Victorian. Some of them were like, um, you know, mid like mid sixties. Uh, uh, some of them had like, you know, furniture that was left behind, and mm. and sometimes I, I mean, I'd sit around and 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 wonder like, you know, what went on in in these homes, like you know how the families were, and, and I mean, uh, 
you know, I, I just to myself, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I remember um, being uh, like really young that that um, I used to look out my my back window, and um, I used to see these um, these people called the Hari Krishna. Oh yeah. You know, like um, mm-hmm. they would be old and all dressed like in orange, mm-hmm. and walking down the street singing with their tambourines or or whatever you know and uh, and so then uh, i would see another group of people coming in and they would be more of uh like chicano cholos you know and cholas girls and so i used to think that like uh everybody out there in the world was like a group that everybody ran around in a group and they all had like their uh, style of, of dressing and and it was like mm-hmm. uh it was it was just strange i mean i think back on that now and it's like wow like what was it that um, enticed me to also maybe join something like that, you know what I mean? By that, I mean, there was a lot of graffiti in the parks or in the alleys, and um, I would mimic it, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Just uh, the style of writing. And um, How old were and, you when you started doing uh, this? I guess like um, maybe, I guess like six or, or like seven maybe, wow. you know? That early, wow, okay. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, uh, I remember doing it with crayons, taking uh, some some markers from, from the schools, like elementary, and it was just um, the thing to do, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we'd get on the, what that time that was called the RTD, uh, which is the transit system, so we'd get on the bus, and and uh, I think it was back then for like 50 cents or something like that. And, you know, take it like all the way to like where it ended and and then um, get off right there and just wonder like like what neighborhood this is and, and who we might bump into. And Sounds um, like you had a lot of freedom. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and then that and, and that in turn gives you a lot of space for your imagination as well, you know, and, and seeing so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's like all kinds of other things going on. You know, I mean, we'd get a lot of trouble into in school, you know, so I mm-hmm. uh, would miss school a lot. And uh, I can remember um, going to like three elementaries before I even uh, got to fifth grade. <laughs> and um, it sounds bad, but, you know, I mean, it was a uh, it was an adventure itself, you know, mm-hmm. I mean. So like one of the final schools that they sent me to down in uh, South Central, which is um, a school called 36th Street School, and uh, it didn't go too good. I, I would be taking the bus daily, you know. Finally, they, they returned me back to my, my neighborhood school. And, and then from there on, uh, I, I sort of um, discovered um, uh, what you call the East Coast Graffiti. Uh, with colors and and arrows and and more bubble letters and mm-hmm. like that. How did you from, discover that? Um, I remember seeing a movie that was called um, uh, "Dreams Never Die" or something like that, and um, it was about this one young kid, you know, uh, doing graffiti in the Bronx out there, and um, it was pretty interesting, you know. I mean, and uh, I hadn't seen nothing like that, so I was like, uh, "All right." And and around that time, you know, there was a lot of uh, like the kids that were uh, break dancing and popping, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, in downtown listening to bands like Run DMC or, mm-hmm. or like Grandmaster Flash, like stuff like that. It was just like a, a whole different type of, of living, you know what I mean? And um, I didn't um, get too much into breakdancing really because um, I uh, had asthma. So I guess I, I veered more towards the the graffiti because of the visual. Because asthma, if I did do, you know, some exercise or some running or some breakdancing, for some reason, it, it always attacked me in the evening. If anybody knows anything about asthma, you can't lie down and sleep. You sort of have to remain sitting so you can be able to sort of catch your breath, you know? Yeah. Um, Sounds I terrifying. Didn't yeah, I mean, so I'd uh, have to spend um, during the night, you know, uh, doodling or something, you know, just to maintain myself, you know. Okay. So, you so know, drawing I, for you was a, a coping mechanism along with just yeah. fascination. Yeah. 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 It was a coping mechanism that, that developed into more and more of me getting noticed for it you know so during it was pe- around around what age were you when you um started taking notice of the east coast style and i imagine you immediately sort of started mixing that with your own i guess it would be like around um 11 maybe so super early <laughs> you were you were doing this. yeah okay yeah it was about 11 and then uh i look at other stuff like uh, heavy metal bands you know, like Ozzy mm-hmm. Osbourne, player, and and um, I enjoy the the lettering, the creative lettering, and um, I'd mimic that. I I draw it for some other kids, you know, like on their on their folders for school, or or girls that would want their their names in really fancy way with uh, with some of those uh, outliner markers, you know, mm-hmm. silver mark outliner, and. Uh, I look at a uh, video game graphics, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like Pac-Man or Galaga or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's uh, this whole sort of kaleidoscope of influences that are that are just sort of barraging yeah. you from all over. And in the meantime, you're absorbing all of this and developing yeah. your own yeah. style from it. Yeah, you know, and I didn't really know it then, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I didn't um, like uh, I'm trying to you know, fuse a style together here or, or anything. Yeah. I'm, just, you know, I'm just, I'm just doing it like uh, any other thing, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. like, like riding bikes and next moment it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. uh, exploring and, and uh, sometimes, you know, uh, go off into like neighborhoods, other people's neighborhoods and, and, you know, just get the rush of, of doing something and maybe catch a little heat from it. Like somebody, <laughs> competition you know some of somebody else trying something else and it just uh all went like that i mean until one day i got um i was painting on this one alley and and this one uh man uh, uh got off the car and started chasing me and his name is carmelo alvarez and um he started you know yelling at me like hey stop stop whatever and, and i'm trying to you know to get away around the corner from mm-hmm. the, the and um he uh he said stop i want you to paint in my building <laughs> you're thinking he's gonna he's gonna yeah. turn he's you into the police a, a or, citizen's something. Arrest or something yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I was already painting on his building, and hey, that's my building you're painting on. Then no, it's just the the guys. You know, all I all I heard was, "Hey, I want you to come and paint on my building." <laughs> and, and I stopped. You know, uh, I stopped, and I kind of you know walked back slowly, like you know, uh, what did you just say? You know, because I want you to come and paint on my building. You know, that what you were doing right now. And here, I'll give you my card. I have a place called the Radiotron. And uh, it's a youth center by day, and by nighttime we we throw after-hour parties, mm-hmm. and a lot of this stuff is is being shown there, and and uh, you should come by, you know. And, How old uh, were you at this point? Uh, twelve, and so I said, all right, you know, I just kind of whatever, just just put it in my pocket, and, and I said, well, all right, you know, and like, uh, and so yeah, I let pass like about a week or something, and. And then uh, I asked another friend of mine that was older, and uh, he goes, yeah, let's go check it out, you know. And uh, so we went, and, you know, he just uh, right away just welcomed me in and, you know, started showing me some other some other kids that were dancing there and some other kids that had to paint it there. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, he just uh, supported me on that, you know. Mm-hmm. I met a group of friends there that there are still my friends today, and, and um and they all were you know also interested in, in doing graffiti and and um you know it, it just you know kind of went from there and um so you know for a little bit um you know there was a lot of issues that went on with that that building the radiotron you know it was a condemned building so you know the land landlord really shouldn't have been renting it out to mm-hmm. us but mm-hmm. The city came down on us, and they and they said you guys can't be in here. And we're like, but where else? Where else do you want all these kids to go? You know, I mean, yeah. like, they, they don't really have a another place to go except for the park, and that's full of gangsters and drug mm-hmm. dealers. And at least here they can come and and you know, and it's a little safe haven. And, you know, at least it got closed down eventually, and um, the crowd of kids that were breakdancing or you know, doing graffiti, uh, got left out into the streets, mm-hmm. and uh, some of them uh, turned to drugs, gangs, and my crew. We had um, two of our two of our members die in the first year, and that was, you know, it was, um, you know, it was it was like uh, heartbreaking. You know, what yeah. I mean, two young young kids uh, that you know could have been you know so much and. And from there on, it, it just kind of like spiraled <laughs> down. So what do you th- down. what do you think kept you from going down that same path? Well, you know, I, it's not that I didn't go down that path. I I did go down that path. Okay. I also got shot, but I survived. Yeah, I did read that. But, you know, I yeah. So you and, you nearly died from that. And how old yeah. were you at that time? Um, seventeen. 17. Seventeen. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I, I did read you had to learn to use your left hand, which. Yeah. And so at this point, you had you were really sort of refining your style. Am I correct about that? Yeah. Okay. And so this was a major shift for you. Yeah. But um, nevertheless, I mean, you know, it, uh, I thought of it as uh, it's a muscle, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I could. If I could learn with my right, I can I can learn with my left, you know. Yeah. 
eventually I, I did come back to my 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 right arm and and um and sort of kept painting with uh you know with my left hand just uh whenever my right arm got tired you know mm-hmm. and, I'm, um, I'm curious i know this would it changed your style sort of out of necessity but you know they've they've done a bunch of research, and so we we now know that, for example, if you have a child who is born left-handed, and you force them to use their right hand, it it causes changes in the brain. Yeah. And so, uh-huh. aside from your the artwork itself, the style changing, did you notice shifts in your own thinking? Um, I imagine it would open up new ways of seeing things aside from yeah. just your style yeah i would say that um that yeah i mean besides um the lsd and and, and mushrooms we took i mean <laughs> it, it it did um help in in uh, certain ways that you know i I'm, i've never really sat down to analyze that mm-hmm. you know just thought it was um you know um uh, progression you know natural progression but um okay. there's uh certain ways that that i may look at things a bit more um like uh i don't want to say psychic but sort of mm. like i can vision the images of when someone may be telling me something that they they need uh, somehow i knew instantly how something was gonna look you know um mm. and Interesting. i don't know if that was just you know, normal thinking, you know, I mean, but I, I think that's one thing that I didn't notice that I sort of didn't, you know, have before, you know. So somehow um, like enhancing your intuitive sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. That's really um, cool. Another thing, uh, after being shot, the asthma went away. Huh. Huh. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but, um, I, I didn't have that much of, um, asthma attacks at all anymore from wow that's age. wild but um and then you know as it got way you know much more uh stronger with the therapy and everything you know i uh, eventually did paint a little bit with my right hand you know but um i never fully went back to it so i picked up more of um, a tattoo machine and brush work you know and then uh you know when when we did graffiti earlier, we used to steal these like different nozzles from different uh, aerosol cans, mm-hmm. like uh, cleaners or or you know uh, I don't know detergent or oh, okay. or, or deodorant or, uh-huh. or something. And so because they would um, give so, you a different line, yeah, type a diff- of spray, yeah, a type of line, okay, and, and uh, a different type of speed, and um, so. Uh, sometimes we even make some, you know, cutting cutting pieces of plastic into shaping something, and mm-hmm. and so I kind of used that frame of thought with brushes. You know, I started to, uh, you know, maybe want to use a, a mop or something. Um, oh, okay. Using uh, my my girlfriend's ex- extension hair. Uh, <laughs> for- wow. Okay. <laughs> Um, that's genius you know, <laughs> you know and um it gave me this you know these really long tapered brush strokes that mm-hmm. uh, were similar to like japanese brushes mm-hmm. and yeah so you know if, if the tool wasn't around and i wanted to do something i 
you know, sort of put the two together just for like whatever that that project was that I was yeah. trying to you know, to do and stuff. And I always thought it and make a good conversation and keep people wondering how did how did I do that, you know? And largely, I was inspired also by by uh, seeing uh, this one man um, that came into one of the classes one time art classes in school that um he said we're not going to paint with a brush today we're, we're going to paint with with a palette knife mm-hmm. and uh and so you know i was like what's a palette knife you know mm-hmm. and he showed us but you don't have much control like a brush you know mm-hmm. you, you're like decorating a cake you know you get this really abstract uh image but nevertheless, you get the image, you know? And so I was like, whoa, you know what I mean? So I could pick up a, a twig, you know, a, a branch uh, and and paint with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I said, okay, well, all right. So maybe I could pick up a cigarette and, and, and dip the cigarette in paint or something. <laughs> no, so you're uh, constantly experimenting with with things yeah yeah before i got shot i was like this um big um advocate for for spray paint you know that mm-hmm. it's the the tool of the future didn't much really look at the the muralists that were painting with brushes i was like oh that's cool but you know spray paint's the shit you know mm-hmm. like it's gonna, gonna be everywhere because it was still being developed and everything mm-hmm. um and um i was so much uh against it you know sort of mm-hmm. in a way with the because they used to get all the the big jobs and the big murals around the city yeah yeah uh we were just being uh arrested and and yeah. uh <laughs> and whatever you know because it was looked at as a, a vandalist mm-hmm. uh tool that was, it was mainly used for vandalism and yeah and so yeah. you're coming from the underdog's perspective yeah and yeah which really sort of shaped your your way of thinking around the materials yeah. that you wanted to use. Yeah. I'm curious, um, was there a pivotal moment for you when you sort of realized you wanted to pursue the arts as a career or was it just more of a gradual progression? Uh, I think maybe, you know, I was looking towards it. I did uh, get some sort of notoriety from it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, got self-esteem from it. And, you know, I mean, uh, we'd get these jobs, you know, sometimes and, and we get paid, you know what I mean? And um, it was like, all right, yeah, this mm-hmm. is cool. You know, mm-hmm. we paid several hundred dollars at, at that time. Uh, you know, it was like, cool, this is this is easy, you know, this is easy money. I mean, uh, but I looked at the established artists at that time as uh, so far away you know like mm-hmm. so far from me to to touch and even coming with this different medium they weren't using or 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 even had any really knowledge of it i mean you know they were just probably doing stenciling mm-hmm. and um i was more of like oh the technique that you have with your with your arm just you know normal spray painting is is what you you know uh, will be judged on, but um, I think maybe after a little bit, after I was shot, like about maybe t- two, three years, um, 
Uh, I started working like uh, as a youth coordinator with some with some kids from my neighborhood, and I started sort of uh, organizing uh, community murals and sort of being a, a big brother to them and having them identify with me and, and me with them because uh, them growing up in the neighborhood, I mean, they were going to go through the same things that, that I went through. Yeah. And so I just kind of wanted them to experience something else besides what, you know, what we experienced. And, and so, you know, give them a, a glimpse of hope or something. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so I thought of myself like, okay, maybe I could teach, you know, because I, I didn't, feel that I had um, my my arm for the ability, you know, like uh, I couldn't be able to draw those straight lines or mm-hmm. detailed and things and things weren't coming out how maybe they would have came, they, they had come out before in, in previous years. But then thinking about it, I, I started to understand that, well, it's, it's, it's not so much about perfect lines or anything it's more of the the spontaneous work that i can do you know that i can you know still show what i want to express and it doesn't have to be crispy clean you know Mm -hmm. like it could be um really explosive and and strange and you know i kind of looked at um a lot of other stuff like say picasso or something i remember you know, taking life drawing and and doing these, you know, images that were um, the pencil without leaving the paper, you know, at any time, just kind of practicing your eye coordination. Mm-hmm. Not much of it. I was just like like two, three, four months or something like that, you know, that that I, I had a little bit of, of training, you know, but uh, a lot of that has carried me throughout the, my whole life now. You yeah, know, yeah. At Otis School of Design, it was just right in our neighborhood. It was an old school that that dealt with more fine art mm-hmm. and more abstract artists. And I first got to work with them like at thirteen. Oh, um, okay. One of the directors there, uh, Al Nodal, he uh, he said, "You don't go to school much, do you? I always see you out here." You know, day and day in and day out, and you know, in the night times, you know, you're still mm-hmm. out here, you know. So he says, "Well, you know what? You know, you're a good painter. Why don't you come into some of the classes right here at at Otis?" And and I was like, "Oh, come on, man! How am I gonna pay for that? You know?" He's like, "You don't have to pay for it. You can just go in there. I'll I'll tell the teachers. You know." I didn't know it then, but he's offering me some classes that other students are be paying thousands of dollars for yeah and incredible so that's uh, that speaks a lot to your talent you know um, that, that he could obviously see yeah could say that i mean he uh not just picked me out of the the street but i mean mm-hmm. you know him having uh, you know work together on some projects you know um he saw that um I would uh, be dedicated to whatever it, it was, you know? Mm-hmm. So here was... you are now, fast forward, you're hugely successful in the art world. And I, so this is a question that I'm 
something that I'm really curious about. You designed the cover for the Getty Black Book, a collection of graffiti work from graffiti artists. Is it around the country or is it no, just LA it, area? Yeah, it's just LA area. That story is is um is kind of interesting, you know, because um, a friend of mine uh, by the name of um, of uh, Sweeney, Ed, there it is, Ed Sweeney, and um, he developed a meeting with uh, Marshall Reed, who is uh, head director of um, the Getty Research Institute, and um, he had brought over some books because uh, he said that he was wondering if any of these books were being looked at on this phenomena of graffiti taking place, and and so she 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 looked through all these books, several of them, and she she picked um, one book. There was a black and white, you know, reference book called. Um, uh, it's I can't believe it. It's my book, and 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 then like, <laughs> the, the name has uh, escaped me. Nevertheless, so this book was um, largely for lack of a better word, it, gang writing, basically gang lettering mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, used here in uh, Los Angeles. We uh, just sort of did some alphabets in it and, and, and a little bit of like a roll calls of names and, and, uh, and styles, you know? Okay. Um, so it's sort of said, almost like a an encyclopedia of different yeah, styles of yeah. lettering and the people they yeah. come from okay very low grade encyclopedia <laughs> <laughs> so then um she said uh also you know these young men he was like yeah um i know them uh, personally was, could you have them come by here to the research institute and and we'd like to uh you know show them some some of our books that we have and um they had these um people escort us in through a tunnel underground in the getty and so we end up in this library, and then we we get uh, shown into this um, all glass room, and um, they sealed us in there. And they brought up these books from the 1700s and 1400s, and and um, they uh, were books that were owned by you know kings or these uh, manuscripts that were you know rare books. And I was like really blown away from it you know because yeah. i was like this these books have been through the black plague and uh-huh. and the inquisitions and whatever mm-hmm. all that you know yeah and, that uh, was one of my questions for you because i was really yeah. i love i love I, I guess the word would be antiquities just i mean really fascinated by that stuff and so i was just thinking god what must have been going through your mind as you're touching and looking at these things yeah and uh they brought in like one or two scholars and and they were like you know telling us oh this 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 book was uh you know from the 1400s and uh, you know not many people had a book like this you know you could be in some sort of royalty or something but uh some of them have sketches uh some of them have like recipes for ink or or some of them Mm. recipes this in you know, it was like a, a collective of like most like a laptop, you, uh-huh. you would say, like being passed on to one person and another person as well. 
uh it has like you know a debt property ownerships i don't know mm -hmm. you know it has these um paintings that they capture the time you know of a mm -hmm. town burning Another one is a, a of a crest of a family crest, and and there's one here with Leonardo da Vinci's um, uh, sketch of a machine, and uh, all these types of things, you know, you know, they were fully covered in in, in uh, leather with mm -hmm. some engraving in it, you know, embossing or something, uh, very well decorated from one corner to another. The lettering was all this gothic, you know, different types of, of lettering also as well, like, you know, that they were developing at their time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, it just blew us away. And so yeah. Marsha Reed, you know, she said, um, you know, you're prime. Is that right? And I was like, yeah. And she said, um, you know, um, I have a whole team of scholars here and, um, you know, they could decode uh, any dialect and uh, decipher or whatever hieroglyphics and stuff, you know, but none of them can can tell me what, what this is. And she mm. showed me some writing that, that she photographed sometime before, you know, and um, she goes up, but that's what I see in, in your book. Can you tell me what this is? Like, I see it all over the city, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't know how to say this, but I said, well, ma'am, Really, what they are are warning shots, and mm -hmm. um, they're they're um, not directed towards you. They're directed towards the other individuals that are in this gang culture. So those are our letters, uh, and uh, he goes, "Wow, cause they they look really alien fighter like, you know." Mm -hmm. And uh, I go, "Yeah, you know, well, they um, I go, they're really meant to be more menacing, you know." So. Mm -hmm. And start explaining to her this is a this is an M and this is an R and this is whatever and she goes oh wow this, that's really interesting you know mm -hmm. uh, do you do this uh, uh, now and I go no <laughs> <laughs> I did that you know many years ago but uh, not too long ago we did this book because we uh, we just felt like we wanted to uh, you know show where it came from and have you hear it from the horse's mouth you know yeah. Uh, you know, we say, hey, you know, we can put a book together and uh, and just kind of put it out there as reference. Yeah. Uh, for different people that may want to look at it. Yeah. Artistically in, in that manner, you know, because we do, you know. Yeah. Um, she said, um, well, would you guys have other people that, that would show their, their talent? And I go, yeah, we, we have a whole array of, of, of young men and women, you know, so... We gathered up several artists that, that we had known to be around the city and and, um, it, and not necessarily being like the best of the arts, uh, you know, but just people that had been around for many years. Uh, some people that, you know, maybe had done it, but now they're they're moved on to other things like raising their family mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But it's they an were, important... Uh, yeah. not only artistic but cultural reference yeah, yeah. And, and some that now were not in the best of health you know um yeah. that had you know passed away mm -hmm. and we uh wanted to still have their name be remembered so we yeah. we uh, threw it in there you know and um and so some people didn't return it you know the uh because we passed out these folders with um archival paper Mm -hmm. And 
some people returned it right away. It stayed open for like uh, you know two years time or something. Yeah. So they you know, able to collect yeah. as from everybody that they could, and and we told them this is for the Getty Museum, the Getty Research Institute, mm-hmm. and it's gonna go in archives with artists, masters mm-hmm. that are from as old as time as they can be able to have been found you know yeah, i mean that's so cool oh so, you <laughs> know take it in consideration that you know it'll be locked away you know so that mm-hmm. when they look back 21st century what was happening they're gonna you know look back and see this book and they'll say oh okay this is what these guys were doing you know just how like, we looked at these books from the 1400s so mm-hmm. That's so uh, cool. <laughs> your, your great, 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 great grandchildren. <laughs> so do something good, yeah, you know? Yeah. So this is yeah. one of the many, many projects you've been involved in now. And aside yeah. from exhibiting your work and solo shows. Um, yeah. I'm curious what you're most excited about right now in the graffiti art world or in the art world in general. Mm. I would say... Uh, I'm most excited right now with um, some of my, uh, it's a certain series that I'm working on. Okay. Uh, and um, they consist of these uh, cement carvings. There cement are carvings? Cement carvings, oh, yes. okay. So graffiti is a natural instinct that, that, that we all possess, you know, um, uh-huh. that we all feel like we must leave our mark on this planet somehow and, yeah. and express that we exist and we existed at one time or uh, we want to profess our love. And so one of the first things that I saw when I was really young and, and allowed to venture out into the, the streets was uh, a cement carving and... Um, I, I didn't know what it was then. I didn't know it was letters. I, I just saw it had this this really kind of cool shape and, and size, and and uh, it was permanently there, you know. And mm-hmm. um, then I remember uh, going to the Mass Chinese Theater and seeing all the the movie stars like Marilyn Monroe and, and whatever, just with their big, you know, signatures and their hands, and and then from from there, I uh, was mesmerized by the, you know, the longevity of, of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I um, kept um, sort of a, a little collection, photographs, collections of, of certain cement carvings around the city and all parts of the city, you know, mm-hmm. anywhere I walk into the, the projects to, you know, to Beverly Hills, to South Central, East LA. I was just fascinated by it, you know, and, and some of them would be like from 1960-something, 1950-something, 1970. Mm-hmm. So with my photographs, I, I was inspiring to to make a book and just put these together and, and tell a little story about the ones that I didn't know personally. Mm-hmm. But then um, I said, no, you know, I'm going to grab my own cement and <laughs> create my own cement mm-hmm. carvings um make them about as realistic as i can and commemorate some of my 
fallen friends, you know, mm-hmm. um, with, you know, have it be there because the city has been renovating the whole the whole town. So little by little, some of these cement carvings have been, you know, uh, ripped off the you know the floor they're not looking at them you know what i mean not unless they're in the, in the mass chinese theater they're not touching them but if they're out here they just they're looked at as vandalism and so a lot of them have been you know disappearing little by little yeah so i just wanted to sort of uh, show that and bring some light to it recently i had a show here in uh in chinatown and um, i had one encased in a glass case and somebody said um how was prime able to get that slab of cement from the floor in into this glass case you know like and which was cool because i was like all right you know i mean they actually it actually looked pretty believable you know yeah um that was the, the one highlight of that and then the show really in reality um you know some people that they were really looking at the art, but the majority of the public was sort of, it kind of like flew over their heads, you know? Yeah. They just maybe overlooked it or just kind of are too used to seeing it and, mm-hmm. you know, didn't really stop to consider it to be, you know, my art piece, you know? Mm-hmm. They just thought it was like, you know, me taking something like a sign from somewhere and preserving it. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah. And, so um, you're, I mean, yeah, this is like, this is a whole, an, an exploration, yet another exploration of yours into a whole history of something. And, yeah. And the, the cultural significance, the sentimental significance, you know. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to take me, but I got me, it uh, certainly, you know, got me uh, a lot of people that, that I wanted their attention. So they did uh, compliment me on it, on it and. The people you know, who understood what you were, what you it was, were trying it was, to do. Yeah, you know, it was a very simple thing. You know, what I mean, very simple. The style of of the writing and mm-hmm. and that's what I wanted. You know, yeah. I mean, hopefully I won't drop it and and, and crack it. But, <laughs> and, <laughs> but then it'd probably be, you know, even worth more. If I put it back <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, I remember hearing from some artist friend years and years ago about someone, a friend who was about to do an exhibition and he was going through a divorce and his soon to be ex-wife slashed all of his paintings that he was Uh just about (laughs) to, to put up on exhibition. And, and he was just devastated. You know, he was so upset and the whole time she was trying to convince him, you should just exhibit them like this <laughs> slashed yeah. yeah no I, I have a friend that, that did do that and then had his mother uh sew them back up oh so the same thing happened someone slashed his paintings well he slashed them himself oh okay was this hand. was this something that he did intentionally as part of his process he, or he, was he frustrated and you know no he was yeah he was frustrated and, <laughs> that's and great just, he's a bit of a character yeah and, and so he did that and and uh, and then his mom came in and she said you know what i could probably sell them back you know and, and <laughs> that's great she did and um 
they they sold for even more <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> fantastic yeah. Wow. Well, I'm I I'm really grateful that you took the time to speak with me today. It's really been a pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. As well. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back next Monday. Tune in.